It pays to serve God. And by the way, I've enjoyed it so much. Now the trio, they were just they were sitting over here. Are you they still here? Uh, where's the trio? Raise your hand if you were just saying. They've gone out for a smoke break. <laughs> now, Joanna sang, she was the one singing solo. Is Joanna in here? Joanna, are you here? What happens to your people? What do they do? Okay, they're back there. Joanna, there she Oh, back there in the back. Oh, she did go for a smoke break. <laughs> I found a note from a guy that said, Dear Joanna, I am so glad that you're not married yet because I love you. I want to marry you. I'm asking you now publicly in front of everybody. I have watched you for several years. If you weren't a woman, you'd be the man. Please marry me. And I'm trying to make out the name. It says, Colin Sides. Colin, where are you? Yeah. All right, son. That's it. Nothing else you got to do. It's already made up for you. There you go. She shook her head yes. So, um, it pays to serve God. I just want, if you don't mind, can I just do this one time? I just want to see what I would win. A GA gift card? What is it? All right, let's keep spinning. Praise the Lord. Colin, I want to donate this to your wedding. So, uh, anyway, now, it pays to serve God. I am... I've been in the same church now for 38 years. I've been in people, when I, and the reason I, the Lord just laid on my heart this morning, I, I've been right where you are, a different place, different setting, 40 years ago. But the Getch, I was sitting in a Bible college and Dr. Curtis Sutton was preaching. And great men of God came through that molded and shaped my life that helped me. I've been in the same place for 38 years. I was 22 years old when I got there. So you do the math, I'm 40 years old. And uh, um, I just, I'm telling you, through every situation, I've watched God take care of me, meet my needs. And if I could say anything to you young people that I want to tell you, it pays to serve God. Now, this verse, verse Psalm, and everybody, I have a life verse. You ought to find something that you can have in your heart that God gives you. I got this verse one morning, early one morning. I think it was about 4.30 in the morning. One morning, I, on my knees, got this verse. God gave it to me. I've had it for years, and... Um, I thank the Lord for this verse. It just means so much to me. It pays to serve God. And, no, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through some difficulties. Most people know that several years ago, I was, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. It's mainly in my legs more than anywhere else. And uh, my wife and all and my daughters, they feel sorry for me. They did for a while. Now they don't. My wife always told me, and I, I, at one time of the getch, I was in a wheelchair, and I walked with a cane sometime, and I limped a little bit, but my wife told me, she said, as long as you can walk, we're going to go where you want to go. But when you can no longer walk, you're going where we want to go, and we want to go shopping. <laughs> I have not limped in 22 years. <laughs> my wife goes shopping. I don't understand how she can go someplace, not have a dime of money, but go shopping, looking at something torture yourself what you would get if you did have money. My wife took me with her one time and I went shopping with her and I'm standing there and I started to say trying on, I, no, I wasn't trying, I was holding them up. She'd look at something, look at something else. One guy walked by and I'm holding up a blue blouse or something she was looking at and holding it up. He walked by and he said, that makes your eyes dance. <laughs> so 
so uh, um, we buried him behind the church. It's uh, <laughs> what we do in Georgia. But um, after two hours of showing all these things and all that, my wife, I said, okay, let's go. Which one are you getting? She said, well, I'm not getting anything. I said, oh, no, you're getting something. We're getting this whole rack of stuff. You're getting something. We're not going home with nothing. But my wife loves to shop. I like to go in and know exactly where I'm going, what I'm doing, who's going to wait on me. Amen. Takes me 30. I can walk right into Walmart, get a bag of Oreos, I'm done. Now, anyway, but now, you find all kinds of things. In this verse, it says, for the Lord God is a son. I, I really thought there was a misprint in my Bible because it said S-U-N. We know he's the son of God, S-O-N, but I thought maybe they, so I got several of my Bibles. I all have a King James Bible, but I wanted to make sure that maybe this publisher wrote, and every one of them had the same thing. And I got to thinking, what does that mean? I got to thinking, God is the son of direction. He's the, he said, I'm the light of the world. And he shines a light to show you exactly. Some of you wondering where you're going to go, where you're going to be. I'm telling you that God can make it so easy for you. He can show you exactly where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing. It's not always easy. It's not always the most fun. But I'm telling you, there, it's a great thing to be in the perfect will of God. Know you're serving God. Number one, he's the son of direction. He'll shine the light and show you so you can make it. You can just absolutely get it done. He's the son of direction. Then it says this. It says, the Lord God is a son and shield. Not only is he the son of direction, he's the shield of protection. And God will protect you over and over again. I was 22 years old when I first went to People's Baptist Church. A senior in Bible college. I, in fact, our president of our college was Dr. Curtis Hudson. Then he resigned to go to the sword of the Lord. Dr. Cecil Hodges from Savannah became our president. Both men are in heaven now. But I remember they would come, and I remember sitting there and hearing all the things they'd talk about. But I look at how God's spared me and how God's helped me and God's protected me. I was 22 years old. I was in, sitting in a church service and there was an evangelist preaching in our church and I'm sitting on the platform and there were two fellows over to my left just cutting up and laughing and kept on poking each other like teenagers will do. And so uh, I, I was so distracted. I don't know what the preacher preached on. I was watching them and they were being distracted. And our church was, at that time was very elongated. And the boy's mother was on the back row and they were on the second row cutting up. After church, I went to them and I said, I want to see you two in my office. My office is in the balcony. They went with me up in the office and I was sitting there getting on to them. I said, son, you were talking. You were laughing. You were cutting up your brain. And they bowed their heads because they knew they were guilty. About that time, the door just flung open and in walked one of those boy's mothers. Now, I'm 22 years old. They had n nobody ever told me how to deal with demon wi deacon's wives. Nobody never said anything about that. <laughs> and she came up and started poking me on the chest. Well, I'd never had anybody do that. I was 22 years old, Mr. Stud Muffin, playing football, thought everything was, I could whip anything and anybody until I got married, found out I couldn't whip anybody. <laughs> she started poking me. And so I made the statement, I said, ma'am, if you're going to act like a man, I'm fixing to treat you like one. And I, again, I didn't know. I, you try to have a little more d diplomacy now than then. And um, I said, ma'am, hold on a second. And I looked at the boys. Up, I said, boys, were you laughing? Yes, sir. Were you cutting up? Yes, sir. Were you talking? Yes, sir. Were you passing notes? Yes, sir. Were you acting a fool? Yes, sir. And she looked at me and said, they were not. You swallow that? So um, we had some words and went on.
my pastor, Brother Charles Wright, when everything's fine, he always called me Brother David. When things weren't right, it was always Brother McCoy. We were in a vestibule a few days later at the church, and my pastor said, Brother McCoy, could I see you? I said, no, sir. He said, boy, get him office. Went in there in the office, and he said, did you tell so-and-so that you would throw her from the balcony? I said, well, yes, sir. He said, she's a deacon's wife. I said, well, I quoted scripture. He said, what scripture could you quote throwing a deacon's wife out off the balcony? I said, cast her down. Let the dogs lick her blood. <laughs> you know, you try to keep spiritual. How the Lord gave me that verse right there at that moment, you know. God is the son of direction. He's the shield of protection. You don't know how many times in the last week God has spared your life from an accident, from an amoeba on a drinking glass in a restaurant. You don't have any idea. You don't know what cancer molecule could have been in your body that God removed. But I'm telling you, I know, I know that he's the son of direction. There have been some times, Brother Getch, I didn't know where to go, what to do. I'm searching, and then I think about that verse, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Lord, I just got to trust you. And I've seen God turn the lights on and make it so clear that even an old country boy like me could see where I'm going. He's the son of direction. He's the shield of protection. He's protected me through the years. He's helped me through the years. I had a young boy when I was in high school. I went to a public high school. There were no Christian schools around back then where I was going to high school in South Carolina. And I, and I was on a wrestling team, did real well. And I was on a wrestling team. And, and um, so I, in the office one day, I had a boy in my youth group, and I was a youth director then. I was a youth director for 10 years, the associate for two years, now the pastor for 26. And the young man came to the office and said, Brother, he said, Brother Dave, I, I knew that you were on the wrestling team in high school. He said, yes, sir. I just joined the wrestling team in our high school. Can you show me a couple of moves? I said, well, it's right time for service. He said, uh, just real quick. I said, well, have you ever heard of the Syracuse? He said, no. And I said, no, here's what you do. I said, it will absolutely put a guy down. It will just about knock him out. I said, I know my mother's done this to me several times. He said, well, show me. And so I, I said, you go like you're trying to reach my legs. And he bent down like he's trying to reach my legs. And, or like I was trying to reach his legs. I said, now you get me in a, bear, a reverse bear hug. I said, you're laying across my body. You now, I'm, I'm trying to grab your legs. You're laying across, you're, my head's going that way, your head's going that way, and you've got me. And I said, I want you to turn me over. And I said, now, come on. And he started pulling me and trying to turn me over. And I was resisting, and, and um, the way this thing works is you push and put, he pulled it. I said, come on, son, is that all you got? About that time, it just, he, as he's pulling, and I'm resisting, all of a sudden in that move, you go with them and just go and flip all the way around. He'll flip all the way around and go down and hit the floor face first. In Jesus' name. <laughs> and that happened, but on the way down, he hit the corner of my desk. It knocked him totally unconscious. <laughs> this is like a minute before church starts and my pastor's not late for anything. When the rapture of the church takes place, he's in heaven now. He'll be the one there ringing the bell when they said, all right, angels, let's go get him. Jesus, well, this is time. They told me to be ready. He's got the time marked. He's not late for anything. This boy is laying unconscious. I picked him up in my arm. He's got a goose egg pulsating out of his head. 
I put my knee on it, it popped out on the other side. I couldn't stop it. I'm looking at him wondering, what am I going to do? Finally, I picked him up, my arms him out cold, and I laid him on the sofa, and I said, Barry, now listen, I've got to go into church. I can't be late. I'll be back in a few minutes. So I went into church. There's, I'm sitting on the platform. Now, the Lord will give you wisdom and direction, all that, through the years. I, I hadn't done the Syracuse to anybody in three weeks now. So the boys in my office out cold. And we're having prayer meeting. They're asking requests. I thought, uh, pray for the Mizell family. I just killed their son. He's in my office. <laughs> then I was afraid there'd be some other t- parents say, hey, could you talk to my son? Could you? <laughs> About that time, the doors just slung open. Here he come walking in. You could see that goose egg just pulsating. He just sat down. I was looking at him. I said, sit down. He sat down on the floor. People were going by. He said, hey, I look how God, I'm telling you, people don't like it when you kill their children. <laughs> God's a son of direction. He's a shield of protection. He can protect you. He can watch over you. That was dumb and stupid on my part. I didn't know any better. I'm trying to teach him something. Now listen to me. I look over the years, house escalated how God's protected me, how God has directed me in building programs and other things and that I had no clue whatsoever. I have, I've seen how people have tried to deceive me and trick me and how God intervened and just went. But now it says here four things. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Number one, he's the son of direction. Number two, he's the shield of protection. But number three, he gives the grace of consideration. I think of these four, the greatest of the four is this third one. The Bible says he remembereth that we are dust. He knoweth our frame. He knows how frail we are. He knows how needy we are. He knows everything we need and do. God knows about it all. He knows. How many times I've been to him and said, Lord, I'm back again today. Please forgive me. Lord, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I should, Lord, help me. And I'm so glad that the blood of Jesus Christ is stronger than any sin you could ever think of. But the closer you get to the Lord, the more amplified even the smallest of wrongdoings shows up in your heart and your life that God wants to clear up. He's the grace of consideration. Not only is he the son of direction and the shield of protection, he's the grace of consideration that God gives you grace. Now, there's a lot of people today, a lot of millennials that have gone this grace route that everything's by grace. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says then, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So it doesn't lower the standard, it raises the standard. We're to live godly and holy and righteous and in this present world. But I'm so, many, I'm so glad that times I've failed, times I've fallen short, times I've messed up, that God has given me grace and helped me, showed me, blessed me. It pays to serve God. For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord will give grace, grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold them that walk uprightly. Give you the, the last one. 
Not only is he the grace of consideration, he's the glory of exaltation. Do you know that God wants to promote you? He wants to help you? Well, look at the Apostle Paul. He's in prison, yeah. And the happiest man you find in the Bible. Doing exactly what God wanted him to do. Soul winning machine in prison. Glad to do the will of God. And young people, I want to tell you, there's nothing greater than just being in the will of God. Knowing exactly where God has you, what, that you can go. Right now, some of you are wondering, where am I going to be? Who am I going to marry? Where is it going to... What? All the questions, God can lay that out in front of you so easily because it pays to serve God. It pays to serve God. Now, that brings me to this question. I'm going to give you a question, then I'm going to give you an illustration. I'm through. This is not even what I was going to preach. I believe it pays to serve God. We have it on our church literature, this phrase. I've been preaching out of this chapter for 40 years. Just what God has done, it pays to serve God. But if you're and, and on our church, on our gym floor, we have a beautiful gymnasium in our gym on the wood floor. It's inscripted across there, it pays to serve God. I live in a gated community. It says on our gate, it pays to serve God. I say a gated community. We're the only one that lives there and I have a gate in front of it. So I tell people I live in a gated community. Where do you live? In a gated community. You know, it's a cow pasture gate. And it has a sign on there that says, pay to serve God. But praise God, it's pay to serve God. Now, here's what I'll ask you. Now, we've got to keep the verse in context. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold them that walk uprightly. If you are not willing to walk uprightly, which one of these four are you willing to do without? It's all in the verse. No good thing will he withhold. That means if he withhold it, he's already got it. It's there. It belongs to him. And he wants to release that and give it to you and help you and bless you and show you what. But if you're not willing to walk uprightly, which one of the four are you willing to do without? Well, I don't need his direction. That's crazy. I don't need his protection. You probably wouldn't live through the day without God's protection. I don't need his consideration. Oh, I want that more than anything that God to consider that I'm weak and I'm flesh. But I want to be used of God. Would you be willing to say, I don't want to be promoted. Nobody can promote. Just forget that. I'd rather let God do it. Most men proclaim their own goodness, the Bible says. But a faithful man who can find. When God promotes you, you you've been promoted. He did that for Solomon. He did that for Joshua. Both of them following great men. And the Lord magnified them in the presence of Israel. Which one are you willing to do without? When I was uh, 18 years old, I graduated from high school, public high school. My daddy started a church in Clemson, South Carolina. I don't recommend this for anybody, but it, it was the will of God for me then. I stayed out a year at Bible college to work. And every week I'd get a check. Most times I'd just sign the back of it and give it to my daddy. And I worked at a place called Jacob's Chucks. Jacob's Chucks was a place where they, it's a thing that holds, you guys know, holds a drill bit that fits on the end of a drill. And it, that's what we made. We made them for Craftsman, for Black & Decker. Okay, we made the, there were three plants, one in Clemson, South Carolina, where I lived. There was one in Hartford, Connecticut, and one in England, 
And I worked there. I worked there for a year. When it came time, I was leaving to go to Bible college. Excited about it. The church is established. Daddy's got it going on. It's the Lord's blessing. And I got ready to go. And the, they asked me, said, would you stay and consider a higher position? You'd make twice what you're making. Could you do this? And it was very appealing. I said, no, I can't do that because God wants me to go to Bible college. The owner of the plant came to my place, my station where I worked. And at this time, I worked in a place where I handled hydrochloric acid and pneumatic acid, and I would dip these steel parts in vats of this boiling acid, take a boat oar and stir it. We had to replace the boat oar every night because it would just eat it away. That's why I worked to get all the grease and oil off these things. And they came in there and said, Pastor, uh, said, Mr. McCoy, David, would you consider working? The owner came. I said, I, I appreciate so much, but I can't. He said, son, if you ever need a job, you got one right here. Because I worked for a year, and, and uh, it started off, you know, I was just one of the guys there. Some of the roughest people I've ever met in my life I had one guy named Big John, stood about six foot six, 300 pounds. He was a man's man. Had a guy named Wallace Crane. Wallace weighed about 160 pounds, probably the toughest man I've ever met, an alcoholic. These men would go out during lunch break and gamble throwing horseshoes. I've never seen anybody throw horseshoes better than they did, but they would gamble their paychecks away. And one day they just saw me whispering a prayer for our, my lunch. One day it was raining outside and everybody met inside and Big John stood up and said, all right, we're going to have the blessing before we eat. And I said, praise God, they've got a preacher here. He said, go ahead, preacher, pray for us. I'd look around, he said, go ahead, pre preacher McCoy. I said, I said, Heavenly Father. <laughs> Scared me to death. And from that moment on, they called me preacher. Played on the company softball team. Did them. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, 18, 19 years old. Athlete. Just all they're going with, they wanted me to stay after a year. Told them no. About the last day before I left, the last day before I left to go and be gone, the doors opened up and in walked about 13 men. Had a brown paper sack. I thought, and Wallace Crane, that tough guy, and Big John, and had a guy named Ellis there. Ellis was a guy that broke the forklift, had huge arms. And um, he was the arm wrestling champion. Back then we called it pulling. Well, I was a pulling champion in our high school, and I did it all the time. So he told me one time, he came in, he drove his forklift into my area, raised it up with a pallet on it. He said, hey, preacher, I'm beating everybody here and pulling. But you, I said, all right, well, what do you mean? And I'm just playing dumb and easy to do. And so I put my arm up there and he said, all right, he said, all right ready, set, go. And I raised my elbow. He said, no, no, you got to keep your elbow down. And I said, okay. He said, all right, now. He said, you ready? I said, yeah. I said, just, he said, go whenever you're ready. So I said, okay. And I just put him down. He said, whoa, whoa, I wasn't ready. Hold on, we got to count to three. Counted three and I beat him again. I went through all through the plant. People started coming to arm wrestle me. Fifteen men, three women. I beat all, all of them. <laughs> but it came time for me to go. And, and for a year, I'd had a testimony as a Christian. I didn't drink like they did. I didn't gamble like they did. I didn't cuss and talk like they did. They knew something was different. They came in that door that day. They're carrying a brown paper bag. I'm thinking, they're going to try to pull liquor down me. 
I said, Lord, help me. I'm going to take this boat or hit them and then throw them in this vat of acid. And it's like the Lord said, hang on, cowboy, hang on a second. They walked over and Wallace Crane started kicking the dirt with his foot. In that room, just kicked the dirt. He said, preacher, we just went around and around the plant and we know you're leaving and we just want to know if you'd pray for us. He said, we bought you something. And in there was a Timex watch. Those men had gotten together and bought me. They said, we want you to pray for us. I said, I promise I will. So I, I was shocked they even said that. You know, I was thinking of something else. When all of a sudden, Wallace and Ellis grabbed me by the arms, or no, Wallace and Big John grabbed me by the arms, and, and um, the other one picked up the boat over out of the acid over there, and they said, bend him over. I said, preacher, we want to give you something to remember us by. I said, I remember y'all, remember all of y'all. I'll get your names. <laughs> And 13 men took a boat over, reared back, spit in their hands, water, I mean like a baseball, and hit me on rear end. See, I'm not fat, I'm just swole. And I told him, I said, I'm going to pray, pray for him, I'm going to pray, God, kill every one of you. In Jesus' name. 30 years passed, and I was invited to go back to the church where my dad used to pastor, he'd resign and gone to another church. 30 years, I walked in there and a big guy came walking up to me with a white beard. He said, hey, preacher, you remember me? I said, you look familiar, but I don't know. He said, I'm Big John. I said, Big John? And I, you know, it came out for you. I said, what are you doing in church? <laughs> he said, preacher, not long after you left, I was in a car wreck and was almost killed. He said, a preacher in, in the area came to see me and wanted me to Christ. I said, well, Big John, I was praying for you. He said, man, I appreciate it. I didn't see that for 30 years. But it just reminded me in my heart that it pays to serve God. And, and I'm here today to tell you young people that it pays to serve God. Keep on serving Him. Keep on reading your Bible. Keep on praying. Keep on doing right. And while you're in college... Hear it from a 60-year-old man. Now hear it. Learn everything you can. Glean from these men and women of God. Help yourself. Do all that you can. Because it pays to serve God. Now, what you have to do is learn and build a relationship serving God right now where you are. Right now where you are. It's got to be real. And I guarantee you, a lot of your classmates and a lot of your friends, they know if it's real or not. They know how genuine you are. But how is it between you and God? You might can fool Brother Chapel or Brother Getch or one of these professors. You might fool them, fool your friends. But you never fool God. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O oh Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee.